Hey, all you Texas music listeners, it's time for another show right here with Maylee Thomas. My guest today is Ryan Berg. For those of you that watched The Voice, he was on season 19, and boy, did he blow everybody away with his version on Waiting on the World to Change. So I don't want to take a lot of time. I want to get right to it. I'm going to do a song off one of my most recent records called Don't Give Up, and it's the title track for all you people out there that struggle through life sometimes with what life can hit you hard, can it? But I'll tell you, the journey makes it worth it when you have good things that happen, and that's what this song is about. So don't give up, and I'll be right back with my friend Ryan Berg. Remember that sweet man. 
Well, here we are back on Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, Ryan Berg. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I've been trying to get you on for a while. Um, and just for my listening audience to understand um, why I say for a while, um, I saw Ryan the first time um, at the Palooza, which is a festival that we did to help um, peace, Promise of Peace. Um, it's an organization that my my nonprofit helps to build gardens for um, insecure uh, neighborhoods, for food insecure neighborhoods, to teach them how to grow their own food. And I think it's such a viable nonprofit, and I just um, love what they're doing. And I was so blown away by you, Ryan. I I think I stood in front of you like a stalker for like three songs, <laughs> and I'm sure you were like, "What is she doing?" No, <laughs> but I just always... was. I was so pleasantly surprised at just the authenticity of your voice and how um, moved I was by your songwriting. I mean, I I had no idea. And of course, I'm probably the only person there that didn't know who you were because of your stint on The Voice. So um, since my listening audience has not heard from you before, give us a little background on Ryan Berg, what it was like growing up in your household. How did you get the music influence? And when did you really discover that this was something you wanted to do? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in uh, Lake Highlands, uh, Texas. So just kind of central Dallas area. Um, I kind of had a I hear these stories all the time about how musicians get started and how singers get started, especially. Um, and it kind of starts out that way, um, in church choir. So I was in a, I was in like a children's choir. Um, my mom was also a singer, uh, growing up. So I was hearing music constantly from her. And then the, the church choir thing definitely kind of solidified that I, it was a strength of mine that I needed to, to take seriously. And, um, through that, my parents were extremely supportive and, if I needed, um, if I needed a pack of guitar strings, they had my back and they just, they kind of kept the, kept the dream alive. When did you, when did you pick up guitar? Um, I picked it up when I was 16. Okay. Um, I ended up learning on, on YouTube. So we saved a lot of money. Yay. That way. Yeah. yeah. All the, all the best instructors are on YouTube. So absolutely, um, I, did it, I did it that way. Um, I also picked up, uh, just keyboard. I was playing keyboard a little bit as well. Um, and I was also in, I was in a pop choir, like a glee club at Lake Collins High School. So that kind of, kind of boosted me into live performance and feeling comfortable on stage and trying to work the stage a little bit more and, you know. Right. And that, yeah. So, um, I, very similar. I started out singing in church as well, which a, a lot of people in my generation certainly did. But I, I always ask, especially for, for younger artists, because it's just so much different growing up in the music scene at your age than it was in mine. Because um, when I grew up, the only place that you could play if you were underage was in church because we didn't have sure. coffee houses. I mean, we had clubs and you had to get, sure. you, you could sneak in, but you really, you know, you weren't going to, you weren't going to get booked on gigs very often unless you were right. playing with your dad's band or, you know what I mean? You had yeah. to do it that yeah, way. Yeah, I got you. And, um, and your generation, you know, growing up now has so many more outlets, um, not to mention what uh, social media has opened up yeah. for you. Um, you uh, so you you probably when did you actually start playing on in a band or or really discovering that you could write and and do your own music? I uh, I wrote my first song when I was fourteen. 
Um, and it was, I was playing guitar a little bit, but it was more just kind of like plucking the strings and acting like I was playing the guitar. Yeah. Um, there's actually a, there's actually a video of that on like the night that I finished that song. There's a there's footage of that on YouTube if anyone's curious. Uh, oh yeah, what's the how do you find it? What's it called? <laughs> it's called Love Is Not a Race, and it's definitely a little tiny Ryan Bird. You oh can, my gosh, that's so great! It's a it's a it's a silly video. Um, but I mean, I I started writing when I was 14, mostly on keyboard, um, just because I wasn't proficient at all on the guitar. Um, especially when you're looking back off off your uh, camcorder and watching it back you really realize how you're terrible from the um, get-go but you know what when you've been playing music as long as i have there's videos out there that i'm just cringe it's like, oh, yeah. please don't please don't do a search on my name well, <laughs> you, gotta keep, you gotta keep them there though just so you can see the progression and the journey that happened you know Oh, uh, so. well, I think probably for me more than anything, some of the outfits that I, I was wearing, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like, um, I obviously had nobody um, checking what I had on before I walked out the I'm, door. <laughs> I'm sure you were styling. I'm sure you were styling. <laughs> but, uh, I so you on that one. So, um, so you started out playing in church and then you started writing, I guess, when you were, you just said your first song when you were 14, um, you, uh, do you tell me, tell me about this whole stint with, um, the voice, because I know people out there are always interested in what is it like? What is the journey like to be thrown into, um, Hollywood? And, you know, I, I, I don't really watch the shows. I think I did when they first came out, maybe 15 years ago, I think. Yeah. Probably been at least that long. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think probably part of the reason why I don't is because I know so many personal stories from people that were extremely talented that should have gone farther than they did, but they just didn't have a they didn't have this provocative story to tell that they could expose. And I I know that sounds kind of trite, but uh, that really does seem to be something that they look for. Absolutely. Um I mean, they definitely filter through all the applications and they look for juice from their artists for sure, um, whether it be good or bad. So um, in my experience with the show, I, I came in um, when I was when I was 18 years old, my mom came out um, as a lesbian. And so that was kind of I was essentially Ryan Berg, the son of a lesbian. And that's not necessarily why I started playing music. So there there are some um, corrupt processes that go on to making that show. With that being said, um, in terms of the people that I got to work with, in terms of we had a vocal coach named Trelawney. She was an angel and she had so much great wisdom to, to share with us. Um, the coaches were absolutely amazing. Um, my only like sour angle going towards that show and this goes with any show just because it's reality TV at the end of the day. Um, producers are not nice. Like, and that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just the honest truth. And that's, it's not their job to be nice either. Their job is to make sure this show happens and that people are constantly engaged with the show. So that's where I think that the, the story bit of that show comes from. Because people like were, it. People like you. Yeah, were they constantly pressuring you to put things out in social media that would intrigue people so that they would watch? Is it stuff like that? Or are they um, are they just nitpicking at your story to try to expose things? As, you know? 
I would say what you said second is more accurate. They didn't necessarily make us um, put out anything on our, our platforms that we didn't want to. Um, but in terms of being in an interview, uh, interview room with one of them, it's just constant prying. Um, it's almost like they want your story to be twisted. So it's just that much more compelling to listen to. So I would find myself like saying something that I didn't mean. Um, so then I would, I would just use profanity right after I said it. So they couldn't air it on, they can't air that on TV. So I, I found, I found, I found, my, you knew they were going to bleep it. So, oh yeah, well they, they weren't even going to use it if I, yeah, if I said something. Oh, I, I see. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good that was, that was, that was my strategy. If I said something, I didn't really, I mean, they, they want to know so much personal detail and it's not always about the artist. It's about their family. So it's, it's really, really hard to gauge that when you if you're not sure that like your mom doesn't want you to say a specific detail or something like that so that was a really difficult part of the journey but everything else in terms of like ranging from the wardrobe to the performances to the vocal lessons everything else was so much fun um and it was great to actually be face to face with some of these artists that i mean just have been killing it for for so long um, oh, there's no was, doubt. The judges on The Voice are all um, very proficient artists in their own right. Oh, yeah. And um, and many of them have been doing it for a really long time or they wouldn't have them on there, obviously, um, which I've seen. I, I, I'm not really following it, so I don't know who's still on there. Um, but I do know that the, the few times that I've watched, they're all um, artists that have been around for a really long time and, and certainly have garnered enough of a bat of a. Uh, um, audience that they would trust them to say, okay, this guy's really good. But, you know, bottom line is I saw, and, and when I saw you play, it was as if you were already such a seasoned player when you got up there. Is there a lot of coaching before you go out there? Or are they really just giving you a raw, um, you know, task of go out there and just give them what you have? Um, I think that there's a lot of um, filtering in and out performers that are seasoned um they didn't do much with us before we got out there i think they wanted they wanted the like the transformation to be very correct so i mean that that starts with the wardrobe like uh, the first show like your blind audition you wear your own clothes um so they can like pimp you out kind of like after after that performance that's kind of an example of how they they want it to appear that way well, I totally get how they want to try to make the um, transformation happen on the show so that uh, they can take credit for you, you know, you looking like you're, uh, you went from being on the street to a professional, right? And it's, it's kind of like their gig, right? That's what they're doing. It's uh, trying to make a star out of these people. But I, I like I said, um, you've are, you were you already had it, and you, you your voice hasn't changed or it didn't. I mean, I'm sure there were thing, key things that they said to you that, that could help you in the future. Um, I would certainly hope so. And, of course, just being on the show gets you um, an audience that you normally wouldn't have. And uh, you can tell that by everybody that's been on and all the hits that they get from um, putting music out. But you um, you went into the studio not too long after that and um, and, and came out with a studio album. Had that already been in the works when you were on the show? It had. Um, I wrote most of those songs while I was in high school. Um, 
A couple of them I wrote when I was at Texas State University. I went to Texas State to study opera um, there. So that was, um, they were definitely in the works, but I was, I've just felt polished enough to actually come out with something that I was proud of. Um, at that point, I kind of wanted to hold on to them until that point. Um, so I'm glad how it, it worked, worked out. out great. And I love it. I love the songs. And I, and I, when we come back after this one song, I want to talk about, I'm sure you're, you've got some other songs in the works to play and record. And I've heard some of them that are out on, um, YouTube and, um, video that I, that you have not recorded yet. And so I want to, I hopefully want to hear those um on on uh, recording soon but we're going to play sunflower and of course you know not knowing that much about me it's my favorite flower it has been since i was a kid um for i everybody will tell you that um when they describe me they're like yeah well she's kind of like a sunflower because that's pretty much her whole gig and everything i do is expressed through that and so when you came out with that song i think that was the first one that i heard you play and i just stood there with my mouth open going okay, the guy can not only sing, but he can write. And I just loved it. And I love it now. So we're going to play a live version that you did. Um, and, and I, uh, when I come back, I want to talk about uh, some things that you've done that I've done with people like Boarded Up Music and some local stuff around DFW area and how it had to have been uh, a help to have launched your career um, somewhat um on uh, the voice and we'll just talk about the good things that you can take from doing that show so we're going to play sunflower right now from ryan berg and right here on texas homegrown music with maylee thomas and we'll be right back Oh, oh, oh. 
Okay, we're back. And uh, Ryan, you know, you, you said something earlier, and I want to come back to it. I'd, I'd, I'd really like to know, just because I'm interested in it my, for myself, on how it affected you. You said that your mother came out um, to be gay uh, or lesbian, however you want to say it. And, you know, you don't know that much about me. My my um, life has always been, you know, just love life. You get out of it what you put into it. And I don't think there's anything that um, we could say that would surprise me at all about people. I've been so inclusive and accepting my whole life. And you seem like you have that same kind of spirit within you. What? How did things change for you and your family when that happened? Um, I think the most direct result from that um, was just kind of losing friends that did not have that in common with me, that didn't have that open-mindedness and open heart um, to those situations. Growing up where I grew up in Lake Highlands, it's a very Baptist Bible belt, just very close, close knit families that probably talk too much about other people um, concerning well, you like do that. realize there's um, a lot so of gay the, Baptists out in the world, right? <laughs> and, absolutely. And there's gay yeah, um, Episcopalians yeah, can, and there's gay Presbyterians and there's, I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's crazy. I, I have an uncle that um, he's passed away now. He was a priest in the Episcopal Church and this was a long time ago and he had, a, he had the same, um, you know, mate for 28 years and had to hide it. And now after he's been gone and, 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 you know, went through so much in his lifetime, they've accepted it in the Episcopal Church now, and you can be gay and be a priest. And so for me, and hearing that about your mom and hearing about how that affected you and that you actually lost friends over it really makes me sad. Yeah, I, I like to think of it as I, it gave me an opportunity to find my real friends and find my real family. Um, it was it was not that difficult for me to let go given the situation. If you're not going to, if you're not going to love my family the way that I love my family and you really call yourself one of my best friends, then it's, that's not real. So um, it really just kind of, it almost cleared things up for me um, and the way that I live. And I definitely approach life in a different, in a different life. Well, now. it definitely gave you a new set point, right? Because um, as you go through life, and, and you'll find this out because you're still really young, as you go through life, um, you'll you'll see that when you're open to understanding people and loving people and being um, kind, and and it, it's going to really give you a new perspective on who you really want in your life. And um, I've I've come Absolutely. to that that place in my life for sure because I'm in my last you know I'm in my last quarter of my life probably certainly the last third of it, and I am in a place now where I just I choose to be around people that I know are going to, um, you know that I'm going to enjoy being with and that I can be open and honest and and true with and. Um, if people are going to actually judge, here's the thing that's so weird about it. It wasn't even you coming out. It was your mom, right? But um, even if it was you, silly. it wouldn't matter. It would be <laughs> even that much more poignant for me. But <clears throat> how sad that you, that that would even be a that would even be 
a situation or a thing. But anyway, I'll tell you what. Music is a beautiful thing because it can open up doors for us with people in ways that nothing else can. And it can bring us together across borders. And certainly we've, we've seen it do that um, in the last few years. I talked with uh, someone the other day about what the pandemic did for all of us to realize that we were all experiencing this together. It wasn't just in Texas. It wasn't just in the United States. It was all over the world. And um, it was a coming together Absolutely. through something that, um, you know, we all were experiencing. And that's kind of like what music does. I mean, we, um, you know, we, we, it's very personal, but we can all take something from it in, in different languages and everything else. And I'm certain that that's probably what music did for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just something going to the, just the COVID break. I thought it was just super, super interesting that you would see someone like um, Taylor Swift who's selling out American Airlines. Um, and then you have like bands like myself that are, um, we're all in our bedrooms. We're all on the, on the exact same stage. And so I feel like it was kind of a, like a leveling of the, the playing field almost to where it gave some people um, some some situations where they could succeed. Well, I, it cer- certainly took me out of a, um, <laughs> it took me out of a comfort zone because I wasn't doing anything um, much on the internet at the time. You know, I'm kind of, I'm so old school and I'm just this analog girl living in a digital world. And, um, and it forced us all to get out of that if we wanted to be seen singing and playing. And um, I think it was probably a good Absolutely. thing. And also I, it stripped a lot of people of all of the hoopla all of the stuff that was surrounding them to, to get down to the basics of why am I playing music and what is this about for me and stripping it down to just songwriting and singing one-on-one to people and, and really understanding that, uh, of course, and it's something that you've been doing for a long time because, Ryan, you're such a great um, showman, even just with you and the guitar, that a lot of people don't feel as comfortable doing that like you do. Well, it's it's definitely a... I've, I didn't always feel comfortable playing for sure. There's definitely, everyone uses the phrase cutting your teeth, but I mean, I've, I've frozen on so many stages. I kind of got my start at the goat here at East Dallas and I got thrown under the table so many times there that, I mean, it makes it, it makes it so much easier whenever you've rehearsed and you've practiced and you know exactly what's going on. And when you've been in those situations where you've been kind of thrown, thrown under the table Stepped on a couple times. Well, you know, I have artists all the time telling me, young artists that say, you know, what do I need to do? I want to play music. I go, then you need to play. Because the only way that you're going to really understand how this thing works is just to get out there and play. And um, if you don't play an instrument, then find somebody that you trust that can that you can get together with, and you just gotta hone your craft. I mean, there's that saying I'm sure you've heard it: the ten thousand hours. Um, there really is something to yeah. playing something. It's just like when you learn a chord when you were learning to play guitar when you first started out. You're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I can't do this. And the more you do it, the more you do it, the more natural it feels it's the same way when you play music don't you think absolutely yeah calluses <laughs> different types of calluses yeah well i every once in a while i see my husband biting his calluses and i'm like dude you better not do that oh, I, <laughs> I do that i do the exact same <laughs> I mean, thing you're, you're not going to be happy in about four days when that thing's gone <laughs> no it's raw oh it's not good well um one thing i want to talk about is that you just got married and what a cool thing how long were you with her and tell me about that romance 
I've been um I've been with Kathy for eight and oh a half my years goodness. now. You guys grew up together. Um, so I mean it pretty much. Uh she went to high school. Um she grew up like fifteen minutes away from where I grew up, my childhood home. Um we didn't know each other then, but we, we met each other at Hop Dotty, the burger bar that's from Austin. We both worked there. That was my first job okay. out of college. I've eaten uh, there many times. So we really good French fries. It's pretty good. <laughs> Oh yeah, those truffle, truffle fries. fries. They're not bad. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting on them yeah, right now. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we met there and um we were just kind of we were kind of chummy for a couple months and um it kind of organically manifested into something really really special. Um so we we just got married out in Quinlan, Texas, which is just east of right. here in Dallas. Beautiful um, place. And a beautiful white nice. barn. It was it was it was absolutely amazing. So we are we are very excited to start this new chapter. It, it definitely took me a little bit longer than it should have. Nah, that's all right. Well, you're probably you're you were you've got to be close to thirty, right? What are you? Twenty eight, twenty nine. I'm okay. 30 years well, old. you know what? You're, it's perfect. That's what I always tell. I, yeah. I tell all the boys in, that I know. You guys, you really don't understand life until you get to your late 20s, at least, you know, maybe 30. So you did it right because right. Um, you guys are just a yeah. little slower. <laughs> yeah. It happens. It happens. But, uh, oh, I'm so happy for you. And I know that, obviously, if you've been together for eight years, then she's on this ride with you and very supportive and understands what it means to be married to a musician. Um, you know, I I was smart. I married the guy in the band just because I knew that was the only way that I was going to be able to stay with somebody. You know, they had to be with me because I'm <laughs> just such a crazy girl. And we've yeah. been together 30 years. So yeah. um, I'll just tell you my um, advice to you, and I tell people this all the time, is just, you know, it's an old adage that you've heard. It's kind of biblical and it's kind of um, not. It's just don't let the sun go down on your anger. You know, no matter what you do before you go to bed at night, if you can just say let's listen let's let let's lay this to rest and let's you know let's understand and remember why we're together in the first place and it really will go it'll really will go a long way and because i i tell you marrying the guy a person in the band is not the best thing to do because you take everything with you on that stage and we've had to work out some arguments baby right in the middle of the song oh yeah oh yeah This song has a little bit more. Just a little bit more. (laughs) Well, we're going to play Molly Miss My. Tell me about this song because I, I, you know, I, I don't really like people to, to, um, steer you in a direction, but this particular song, I want to know how you came up with that line, Molly Miss My. Um, I was, I was in college and, um, I was actually at like a, it was like a techno show that I was at. Um, and there was, they used like an, it was an Avett Brothers, uh, melody within that techno set. And it's, it's like, it's the same kind of like a melody that I use for the song, but I, it just was stuck in my head. And I was, uh, I was with a girl that night. Her name is Molly. And so I went back to my dorm and I, I wrote it and, um, I actually came back and I, I played it for my buddy, Mayo Valdez, who's, he's, uh, playing drums for Charlie Crockett now. Um, but we just we just kind of uh, messed around with it, and we slowed it down a lot, and so it kind of turned into smooth acoustic. Um, 
Lovey well, it's a, it's a good it's a good one it's a gooder and um i know that you you you, you did this i you have the recording of course on on your record but um i want to play the version that's from boarded up music and um if you're not familiar with boarded up music people go on there this is these are some cats that pulled in a bunch of artists that to you know had us come in and play and record during the pandemic because you know we didn't have anywhere to go and um you know had truly all these venues that were boarded up and so um they're all very proficient artists and and videographers and they did a really good job and i love this version on boarded up music so we're going to play it for you right now from ryan berg it's called molly miss mine we come back we'll talk some more about music that he's got out and also what he's going to be doing in the future because i know you've got another record in there you in there somewhere because I've, I've like i said i've heard some you. of your stuff so here we are ryan berg with molly miss my right here on Texas Homegrown Music with yours truly, Maylee Thomas.
So we're back, and Ryan, um, you know, you're you're just starting out, honey. You got so you got so much to go, and so many things that you're going to be doing. But um, I noticed that you have some standing gigs around in the DFW area, as well as certainly um, some great um, opportunities to play big rooms. But I love it when you can share um, places that people can count on seeing you at. Where where are some of those standing gigs at? Yeah, um, I play at Catbird, which is uh, in the Thompson Hotel on the ninth floor. So it's like a little, um, it's a cocktail lounge, essentially. Um, Really, really intimate, um, dark lit. It's a great room. Um, I play there from 7 to 9 every single Wednesday. So Wednesday date Uh, night, bring your your date and come on out to Catbird. And I've never been there. I'd love to check it out. Uh, It's pretty swanky. Kind of like a speakeasy, Um, huh? Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's got those vibes for sure. They've got a beautiful patio, so when the weather's nice, it's great to sit out there and just have a good time. Um, I also play at the Avenue Sports Bar and Grill every single Sunday. Um, now that the Cowboys are on, um, it's going to be inverse to the Cowboys schedule. So if the Cowboys were to play at 12, then I would play at 3.30. The Cowboys play at 3, I'd okay. play at 12. Very cool. And that's a very well-known yeah. sports bar on Greenville Avenue, and it's been there for – for a while and I, I tell you I was I drove down there the other day because my daughter lives in Dallas not too far off of that off that area and it's really fun to see all the live music venues you know back again and, and seeing seeing the scene picking up again it's it's after being after Very being special. gone for so long um, it's kind of nice to see it and haven't you noticed that people really are loving coming out and seeing live music now more than ever, and I, I oh, think yeah. probably, obviously, a, a lot of that has to do with um, the shutdown. But I think it's also because we have a lot of really cool venues now in the DFW area and, and Fort Worth as well. And, you know, I, I talk about it a lot, and I know this is going to be heard all over Texas, but Austin is not just the only music scene in um, Texas, people. Um, there's some great, great places in San Antonio yeah. and Houston and certainly um, in our areas and also in places like Stephenville and um, Green. Um, you know, who doesn't know where Green Hall is? And there's lots of great little places all around right. there. And I don't know. I'm just one of those kids that uh, now likes to see people in smaller venues. Um, I'd rather pay a little bit more and be in a more intimate setting than to feel like cattle being you know, rushed in and out of those big places. So um, make yourselves available right to go you. see some of these artists that are playing um, these smaller places and you'll have a good time, I promise. Um, speaking of smaller places, you were part of McKinney Made. And of course, you know, um, I I met you the first time in McKinney. Um, and that was a cool little thing that they put together. And you did um, you did a song called Back Seats and Concrete. So people look it up, look up Back Seats and Concrete. That gives you an idea just how talented Ryan is because it's just him and his guitar on a microphone phone and um you you really did a great job on that honey wasn't that a fun deal thank you so much oh it was so much fun i mean everyone that that team together for that event um everyone was beautiful it really was it was so some of those 
some of those things are really, really hard just in terms of planning and making sure that everyone is on the same page and everyone is vibing with each other. But it was not an issue for that um, for that event. Everyone worked so, so well together. Um, there was never a moment of stress or... Um, yeah, they did. A, I just feel like everything ran it, so smooth. They really did a good yeah. job. And we were just hanging out at our place waiting for the light. And, you know, here we go. Okay, go. It's your turn, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was yeah. a really cool thing. And that's one of the, that's another thing that came out of the pandemic and out of the need for people to want to see live music and want to see us play. And um, I think that it's just started. And now, as a result, we've got a lot of artists that are still doing those. They're still doing weekly shows online, and they're still oh, and yeah. they found out that it's a way for them to reach the world um, without having to go out of their house or out of their gig or out of the studio or wherever they're doing it from. So I encourage you to to, to continue Absolutely. to do that. And I, I do notice that Ryan, your your generation's way more hip on that on on getting things out there. So look him up, Ryan Berg. And it's spelled R-Y-A-N and it's B-E-R-G. And um, just what a talent you are, Ryan. And I can't wait to see you again live. And I'm going to come check you out on a Wednesday night. I'm going to get my husband and come up to that little room because I think that would be a lot of fun. And I want to meet your wife. And um, and I, I want to have you on come play for us at the sanctuary sometime soon. Um, that'd be really great well I'm going to play What Love Does and um, I'm going to pull up another version that you did for Boarded Up Music this is also on your um, latest record do you have um, any plans for doing another recording soon? I do yeah I'm writing an album right now Um, I don't know exactly where when I'm going to be doing it I kind of want to do a more stripped down um, album this next time around just I feel like the my first one was a little bit oversaturated just because th- that first time in the studio you get so excited and you start learning things and learning things and it just I feel like it kind of had too much going on to where um, I just want to be more transparent to my audience and I feel like that comes through just me and with a guitar and maybe just one well more you know you could always do a That's live kind of record my, uh, too I love live records exactly. I um, I'm a big Absolutely. I'm a big proponent of putting out live records because um, you when you feed off an audience there's just nothing like it so um, you know, that's always True. something you could do as well. I'd love to see that happen. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, honey. And don't forget, you guys, download his record, um, Ryan Berg, R-Y-A-N-B-E-R-G, and um, and get his music on your playlist. You won't regret it, um, especially if you've got a playlist that you want to have that's um, intimate and romantic. He's got a lot of tunes that you could you could play. I've got a few of them on there on my, on my playlist. So um, tell your wife... Hello, and that um, I'm really happy for you guys. I know you have a wonderful journey ahead of you. And thank you so much for being on the show, Ryan. And uh, we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music, but we're going to play What Love Does right now uh, from Ryan Berg and right here on Texas Homegrown Music. I can see straight through the lights Lift me up without letting me die Make my day without making sound Yeah 
So no one does it like my baby does it She loves the love and she loves the love of you She's like an angel, yeah, from above Does what she does on just because Got to be, to be where we are here. And you may say, no matter romance, baby, that is okay. But now that you're mine, the record says, oh, love is with you all the time. 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 That's the end of another show, and I've got to tell you that Ryan Berg is such a sweet person. I can't wait to go see him again. I've I've seen him a couple of times live, and he just blows me away. It's 
kind of person that he can be stripped down to just him and the guitar and he just captures you. So if you ever get a chance to see him, you got to do it. Check it out, Ryan Berg. And I want to say congratulations to him. He just had his nuptials and got married. And I know he's going to be a happy guy because he's been dating her for about eight years, I think. So congratulations to you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful life, beautiful life. And for all you listeners out there, thank you so much for coming in every week and listening to Texas Homegrown Music. I really appreciate it. It's all made possible through my sponsors, Guitar Sanctuary, Tubbs Brewery, and Burris Injury Law. Remember to love life. You get out of it what you put into it. And I'm going to close the show today with a song called Given to Me with Kerosene Drifters and their guest, J.R. Castillo. And the Kerosene Drifters are going to be on my show next week, so you guys come back and listen. You'll love them. They're a sweet husband and wife team kind of dear to my heart since i've been playing music with my husband for so long peace out everybody we'll see you next time here on texas homegrown music Thank you.